Quit a job, ever redefine yourself within one, ever started something in one big or failed. Quit is a call-in show helping people sort out their lives, reevaluate their options, kick their crummy corporate stooge jobs to the curb, and start something awesome. I'm Dan Benjamin. It's time to quit. It's Friday, November 15th, 2013. Broadcasting live and direct here from Austin, Texas headquarters. Full, not really a full studio, but it's a handful of people today. Four mics going. Going clockwise. To my left is Shlok Vedia. Shlok, welcome back to the show in studio, physically here. Allowed back in, in the studio. How are you doing today? I am doing great. I'm and very he sounds glad to be good. Here. Doesn't yeah, he sound he does. good? Nice. Looks good. He sounds good. He's in here. He's wearing a uh, very casual. It's really it's it, casual today. It's casual super casual. Okay. Oh, looks a very good dresser, and today he's wearing just a t-shirt. Nothing else, just a t-shirt. The Porky Pig stuff. <laughs> just a t-shirt. And uh, then around on the other side of the table is Moises Chuyan, who you know from a uh, number of other shows here. Giant Size. He is the co-host of Critical Path with Horace Dedu. The I, as we say, the I, I for interim, the I co-host. <laughs> we'll wait and then we'll issue you one one dollar a year salary and then you can have the full co-hosting It'd job be better than i get paid now that's right and then uh to my right finally hattie cook producer account Hi. manager here at five by five and uh we're gonna talk today i don't really you know hattie you said you had a topic for me and you sent me a link and then i, I for, promptly and forgot what it was it. Well, let me get it back. The topic could be the the ascot that I'm wearing. The ascot. Well, we also have. Uh, so there's this. Here's something I wanted to talk about just briefly again. Is the uh, and I mentioned this a little bit last week. Uh, is 37 Signals has come out with another book that they have uh, called Remote. Have you read this yet, Schloke? I have not read it yet. You know the premise. I do. There are, really like it. It, is, uh, it has already hit number one in three business categories on Amazon. It's a discussion talking about, uh, they call it remote office not required. And here's, again, I'll read this premise of this book. As an employer, restricting your hiring to a small geographic region means you're not getting the best people you can. As an employee, restricting your job search to companies within a reasonable commute means you're not working for the best company you can. Remote, the new book by 37 Signals shows both employers and employees how they can work together remotely from any desk, in any space, in any place, anytime, anywhere. This is great, in theory, right? Do anything you want from any location in the whole world. You want to be in the United States, you can be in the United States. You want to be in another country and and and, and go work, you know, work from your little loft uh, overlooking uh, the Eiffel Tower in Paris, whatever it is, you can go there and do that work. But here's here's the thing. I used to be a remote employee. I was a remote employee for a couple different places. I was a software developer at one of them. I was I was a CT I was a remote CTO. And I'll tell you what, there I I, I like this in theory, and that yes, if I'm hiring a designer, if I'm hiring a developer, if I'm hiring someone, it shouldn't matter where they are. They should be rewarded and compensated for the work that they do and the quality of work that they do, not how they do it, not where they do it, and not how long that it takes them. Oh, that's the interesting one, not how long it takes them. So a friend of mine, a, a really great developer who taught me so much of what I know about development and, and the development process, 
He used to say, you know, I hate this if if you can't see me, I'm not, if, if I'm not working theory that's so prevalent in the, the, the old school corporate stooge kind of world. And that is you need to be in your chair and you need to be writing code and forget the fact that there will be uh, distractions in the workplace. Forget the fact that you will be constantly interrupted from your train of thought, preventing you from ever getting into that creative zone where you can just write code or write your whatever it is and be left alone. Forget that. You have to be in here. Otherwise, you're not working. You can't collaborate with or people. Or wasting time commuting. Right. A lot of time spent commuting. And uh, the problem is that it, I believe that there is an in-between. There's an in-between for that, 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 that's a really nice space to be in. That on the one side... It has the remote people on the extreme side, the remote people using agile tools and things and that I can work from wherever. And then on the other side, this sort of Gestapo, you must be in the office and someone lording over you at all times. And I don't think that either one of those works. And I think that there's a space that's, that's in between. Now, uh, uh, there's, you know, we had Anthony Armendaris who runs Fun Size. They they took over this big outside space over there. Shlok, what do you think of what they did out there? I think it's very cool. Looking. I mean, it looks cool now. Yeah. You walk in here, it feels like stuff's going on. I feel creative. Me too. That's good. But that's that's an interesting point. And he's very pro having people in in the office together to collaborate. They don't always always spend all of their time here, but they're here a lot. Now, what we do here in this physical studio, I could have each of you and Hattie all on Skype and I could be sitting here alone. I could even be doing this in, you know, my basement or attic. Right. And and there would be no reason for any of us to be here. But I'll tell you what, despite what Merlin says, I like having you guys here in the studio. It's better. For me, I would much rather have you guys here than have you remote on Skype. Care to comment, Moises, who does interviews with people all around, including Horace, who's not even in the United States most of the time. Or anywhere near this time zone. <laughs> right. You know, I'm talking, it's, it's, it's five in the morning here. It's something like three days from now. Would you rather, <laughs> would you rather do a show with him where he is in his country or would you rather have him sitting across the table from you? A lot of it depends on dynamic. I mean, one of the things that I, I thought about uh, hearing you and Merlin on back to work debating the merits of being in the same room or not. I love being across the table from him. Love it. I bet he loves being across the he, table from you. He too. does not he seem does not. to. Well, he freaks just out. being there. He does I mean, not he, seem to like it. He just, he likes you. He likes but me. The dynamic of it, li- the dynamic of it, something that I think uh, is so great about Merlin shows, the 17 different shows that he does. I'm sure he does 17 <laughs> of them now mm-hmm. is, is uh, he has a very particular focus on, the kind of fly on the wall conversation style where it's, I mean, it's, it's almost a, like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a little, it's a little talk showy, but without having to wear suits and have a band and a set and, uh, suede chairs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on style. I mean, it's different strokes are different folks mm-hmm. in a lot of ways is the way that I see it with me and Horace. Um, you know, there are times just recording this morning where I felt myself going, you know, I kind of wish that we didn't have even that, that minor bit of Skype delay that you can never hundred percent get rid of on a person's face, right? Being able to look at somebody as you're saying something and see, are they yeah. starting to look pissed off? Are they laughing at your joke? It, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's that instant. And Having you can a tell, partner. you can tell right now that I'm about to say something and you can choose, should I interrupt them or should I not interrupt them? Right. You can tell because you can see me, you can see what I'm about to do. Whereas when they're on the phone, there is that little bit of pause. There's that little, it still can work. Yeah. And this is what the thing about this is th- this particular, 
particular industry of recording stuff, all the tools are there to do stuff remotely. And in many cases in software development, in, uh, in, in business, uh, the, the tools are there to let people work remotely, but I question whether that's something that, that should be the general rule. Whereas are, are we, you know, just because we have the ability to do it, isn't, is there something that we're still leaving on the table? Shlok, what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm kind of torn on this, right? So for, cause you've been remote. I've been remote. I've been, and now you're in a, an office most and, of the time, uh, half the time, half I the guess, time. even that. So I have the option of being remote. Um, I don't know. So like for this kind of business, right, which is very much about people interacting, like I can see how there's an argument to be made that you need to have people interacting in in person. Um, But other businesses that aren't really about human interaction, uh, there is a real opportunity to let people live their lives, right? Like people want to work. I think that's their core contention is that people want to work. Humans want to work. So let them work in a way that integrates into the rest of their lives. Like, it's less about being remote. It's more about letting people do what they want when they want. And, like, if you want to go see your kid's soccer game, you should be able to go do that. And you're going to make up the hours later because you do your job and you like your job. So that's sort of the in-between space is saying that, you know what, my kid's got some uh, some Christmas pageant I got to go watch him in today. So I'm going to go to that and I may be gone from three for the rest of the afternoon. But that evening, maybe I'm going to log in at home. I'm going to commit some code or whatever it is that I do. Yeah, I'm going to get the job done. Like, who cares if I don't work Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday? I'm going to get the job done on Friday. Like, get the job done. And I think that's kind of what those guys say. And if I mean, what they've said consistently is like, people work. Stop treating them like they don't. Mm-hmm. And that's, I mean, that goes back to like the factory model versus like today's model. Right? Is what you're talking about. If you're in a chair yeah. and you're supposed to factory commit. factory model. Yeah, it's like exactly. 40 GitHub commits a day isn't a good metric for anything. But like building the product, yeah, do it. Do it where the hell you want. There are also some uh, some companies that run it where it's like, as long as you work this many hours over the course of a week, it doesn't matter how many hours you do in a certain day. Like you could do, you can work for straight twenty four hours in one day, you know, and then like pepper the rest in however you need to work it. And I've always thought that's pretty cool. Yeah, and and I think like what you're saying about the tools is, um, yeah, the tools are there, and I think the 37 Signals guys like use them in a way that most people don't, right? They they've committed to using video conferencing. Yeah, and I mean they're they're eating their own dog food in the sense that these are the tools that they make. They make Basecamp, they make Campfire. If they're not out there, you know, using their own tools in the way that they're saying they should be used. then, then they don't believe in the stuff that they're doing. You know, I, if I didn't listen to podcasts, right, <laughs> that would probably be an indication I'm doing the wrong thing for a living or I don't believe in what I'm doing. And I feel like, uh, you know, I think there's this, there's this uh, going back to what my friend uh, and, and, and mentor used to talk about is, you know, he did if the idea that he was spending 40, usually more like 50 or 60 hours a week sitting in a chair, uh, writing code it, during the hours that they said he should be most productive. Well, that doesn't make any sense for him because he might be more. And in fact, he was more productive probably after 9 p.m. until 1 or 2 a.m. That's when he wrote his best code. He knew himself. He knew what he did. That's just the way that he worked. It wasn't because he was lazy. It's that's that was his peak time. And he, you know, he was distraction free and interruption free. But, yeah, there's business stuff that you need to do. And and I, I just I so often feel like 
you know, I'll hear something I'll hear that's interesting is I'll, I'll get a tweet from somebody who'll say, um, my commute just got cut to zero. I have a job where I'm working at home now and I, I, you know, I don't listen to podcasts as much anymore because I'm not commuting anymore. Well, obviously that's bad for us and for our sponsors, but that person generally is pretty happy about it. You know, the idea that, uh, like I was talking to Brian Brushwood about this right earlier in the week, you Mm -hmm. remember, you remember what, what, um, what he said when we were talking about him about officing yeah and about how he how... In, in theory he could go up and walk upstairs mm-hmm. and hit record anytime that he felt like and do a show i said well how often does he actually do that so there's this promise now for me the problem of working from home uh, was the opposite of that is that when i worked from home and my office was right over there right upstairs is that I worked too much. Now, I work too much now, but it, it was even worse because it was so easy to just walk right over there and shut the door and start start working that for me, running my own business or whatever, it was like there was no separation. And for, I think for a lot of people, they enjoy that transition, even for Merlin, who is apparently walking distance from where he uh, where he lives, his his private, his personal private office, he he just goes and he wants, you know, it might be a five minute walk, but there's at least there's that transition where it's like, now I'm going to go to work. I'm going to work now. How do you, you know, her commute's probably like five minutes, but you are making even. a transition from I'm in my house mm-hmm. to I'm in this place where I do work. And that for me, that's, that's tremendous. Yeah. I yep. never got that walking upstairs or walking into another room and shutting the door. I got it, but never quite got it of now. And you know what? And I've said this before we, when we talked on episodes about how you dress for for work, mm-hmm. right? Is that getting, taking a shower, shaving, you know, putting on your clothes and going to work. It's silly, right? Why are we doing that? Who are we doing that for if you only work with one or two other people and they're all developers? You know, I'm just going to put on a pair of sweatpants and some flip-flops and uh, what do they call those hats that you you just put over here? Like the little, it's like a knit cap. Oh, like a beanie. You put on a beanie and going to work. Like there's something about getting ready for work and getting dressed for work and having that be. And Moises, you you quite quite a quite a dandy. Like I said, ascot every day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, even when 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 I when I work from home, as I generally do most of the time. I go to the effort of basically the pattern that I would have if I were going into an office where, you know, shower, shave, put down a button, put on a button down shirt, actual shoes. And it's something that, you know, my background as an actor, it, it engages that kind of sense memory of I'm in this mode now. And this is the way that this is the way that I get my my head wrapped around what it is I should be doing. And you know, I'm of two minds about the the being remote and being uh, and and being there in the office, so to speak. There are benefits to either in different situations, but you know, using as an example, the one time thus far, uh, soon to be repeated, that I've had my co-host for Giant Size in here in the studio mm-hmm, with me. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we both have acting backgrounds. We know each other really well, and as well as we can interact over Skype. The show, in my opinion, is radically better uh, when we're in the same room together. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it's a world of difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it comes down to it, for me, the only reason that I would want to do that show remote is if it just isn't possible for us to be in the same room together. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's a fallback rather than a preference or, you know, something that makes it so that we can literally do the show in our 
He-Man footy potential. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, but it, it's something that when you start, when you, when you step out of the world of the software development, you step out of that world, you step out of the world into something that's a little bit more uh, of a traditional kind of a job. Obviously, uh, you know, if, if you're making something physical and what you're building involves other things that people have to touch, you've got to be in the same place and nobody's questioning that. I think what, what the audience for remote and for this kind of discussion is, uh, is so much more, do you need to physically be there in person? So again, back to what Anthony's saying, Anthony runs fun size with, uh, with his wife, Natalie, and they are, they're building these mobile products and stuff like that. And designers, developers, you know, for so long when I was working in design, it was, it, it was, it was sort of an exchange of these abstract concepts of Dan, you need to build the API that does these 10 things. And this needs to be done by this time. Please go build that. Well, if I'm the one building the API and I have these rules of what the information is that need to go back and forth, I'm not really collaborating with anybody. Or if I am, I'm collaborating in code, right? Uh, it, it, it doesn't so much require face to face with anybody so then why would you have to have a team so together in one place why what's the value that's going to come out of that when you're dealing with something that's more abstract you're not a surgeon who needs an assistant next to you know to her to hand to hand her the right uh tool Nurse for the sponge. procedure you know what i'm saying yeah you're you're not you know you're not assembling something on an assembly line you're not uh, shaping out of clay the next, you know, Datsun 280ZX. So what exactly are you are you doing that you need to be there in person? What's the benefit of that? Yeah, and I think this is something that the the 37 Signals guys have spoken about in the past, and that's the only like, context I have on this, is, like, you do need to have, like, everybody in a room together every so often, right? Like, uh, because when you're talking about strategy or direction or, like, you know, what are our priorities for the next X time period? It does make sense to have everybody there looking at the same whiteboard, like having hallway conversations that change things, right? Because you do interact differently in person. That said, though, I think they do a good job of, because a lot of what we've been talking about for the last few minutes has been like the mechanics of how to work remotely. Mm -hmm. And that is something that like, I think does deserve more, more thinking and more writing about and more you know, and that's the kind of thing I think they will cover in the book, which I am now regretting not having read before this conversation. Yeah. Um, is, is That's the kind of thing. It's like, yeah, separate your workspace. Yeah, interact with your people. Here are the tools. Here's how often you need to have video conferences with, like, high-definition video conferences, mm -hmm. right? Like, go run a Cisco room or whatever mm -hmm. and do that. And that way it's like you can you can live your life, you can do your work, and the mechanics can be sorted out in a way where it doesn't get in the way of your business. You're not constantly battling this like remote demon. Right. You're just living it. You know, but there's some, there's another aspect to this and that is human beings are not meant to, and Shloka is perfect. You should have seen, I've seen pictures of what happened when Shloka was left alone by himself for a year. Yeah. This is, I've seen pictures of this. This is not the Shloka that you see before you now. The handsome devilishly good-looking uh you know agile prehensile vc guy that's going on my tombstone yeah <laughs> you know what uh what 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 happened to Shlok happens to a lot of people talking about an old t-shirt with holes in it you're talking about sweatpants 
Right, Hattie? You've seen oh, this yeah. picture. You're talking about, uh, not not the kind of guy you want uh, to come to, to your party. And <clears throat> that I'm does not, explain why I didn't go to the 5 by 5 Christmas party that year. Yeah. But now he's he's come out of that. But what happens, and I think it, it happens to a lot of people, is you, you kind of fall into this pattern of being antisocial. And there's people who have called into the show before. Oh, and by the way, if you want to call into the show, 512-518-5714. We might get to a couple calls again. 512-518-5714. Live show. You can listen live when we broadcast at 5by5.tv slash live. Uh, join in the chat room there and all that kind of thing. But what happened to Shlok happens to a lot of people. And that is you get you. He may have been very productive. You get very productive. You get into your zone. You get all this stuff happening. But human beings are social, even for the anti, even for the 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 anti-social among the audience, even for the people who enjoy interfacing with computers. There, human beings are social creatures. Once you have kids, if you don't have kids yet, once you have kids, you see how critical. Having a, a social base is for you every single day. And we've had people call into this show who said, I started working remotely. I've started running my own business now. And I only talk to people over chat. And it, and it's and it's kind of lonely. And so, you know, get out there, find other groups, find people in town, find the other entrepreneurs or people who are like working on their own, who get together for coffee. And this is why you see people. And Yanako is a great example of this. This is a guy who for years and years has been a writer, Chicago Sun-Times and wherever else. He, he keeps social, even if he's not necessarily meeting a friend at, for a specific thing. He'll go out and he'll work from a coffee shop. He'll go to a park. He'll go because he wants to be out in the world. And he knows, and he's never said this to me. I just know based on, on all the things that he said, that, you know, he wants to not be that guy sitting in a basement all day because it's so easy to fall into that, especially if you're, he's successful, especially if you're successful at what you're doing, the, you know, it's so easy to just wind up being like, well, I haven't left my house in a week. I did that. I haven't left my house in a week except to go to Orient Garden, you know, and get the uh, Kung Pao chicken. Like that's all. Or that, pick up mo- more scones. Right. And pick up more scones, <laughs> you know, or have scones brought up to you. I double bread scones, you know, mm. and that's that's the thing. It's it's so easy to fall into that pattern. of I haven't showered for four days and I'm still sitting in the same sweatpants and I'm right. But I man, look at all these commits that I did. And I only talk to people over chat and blah, blah, blah. That's not where human beings are meant to exist. We're meant to exist around other people in person, looking at faces, talking to people, hearing the human voice and not that same techno song over and over again. You know, and I like being surrounded by people who are fun and creative and smart. And I love it when you guys are in the studio because it, it to me, that's human experience. That's what life is supposed to be like. You know, it, you're supposed to be surrounded by people and interacting with them. And I think that 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 gets the creative process going. And even if it's even if you're working on something Knowing that there's other people around that you can bounce ideas off of. Moises, you're sh- it, shaking your head. It's, it's rare that it's rare that I have an opportunity to use this uh, uh, introduction to a sentence. But speaking as an anthropologist, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, I think that's the first time I've used that in ten years. Um, one of the you, you were talking about infancy, and w- one of the particular folks uh, high of uh, the studies I did in anthropology was, was actually specifically in the anthropology of, of, of infancy and the way that we build this social base and the way that uh, so many things that are fundamental to the way that we begin development and that just as a species 
we've evolved and grown is starting to break down as, as part of this this phenomenon that uh, to to rip off a, a favorite movie title is is kind of the the syndrome of the loneliness of the long distance worker mm-hmm. where we can be really productive in a certain way, but we can start to break down in the way that we're able to interact socially and piece things together in ways that are actually really productive for the work that we do. Mm-hmm. You know, we may be able to do the mechanical assembly line drone kind of stuff super, super productively, but the index that we don't pay attention to is uh, something that I experienced when I worked for the Alamo Draft House, where it was a company in a phase of transition. The centralized office didn't have enough room for everybody across different departments. So almost everybody worked remotely some portion of the time. Lots of people would go weeks and weeks working on event planning projects and not physically see each other, let alone have an in-person meeting when they're in the same town. Mm-hmm. And it, in in planning this uh, film festival that they do, Fantastic Fest, uh, about two or three weeks out, I was in charge of, of planning the awards uh, presentation one year. And the way that it got inside of the company, uh, and this is, you know, not a knock against anybody or anything, but as as a as as a an extended symptom of everybody working remotely in planning a physical event where there are banners and things and everybody's in the same town. People got to where they wanted to avoid meetings because they had convinced themselves that meetings were a waste of time. In a lot of respects, because they just weren't having them, they weren't having that in person in the same room stimuli. And so we get together for this meeting a couple or three weeks out that it's been like pulling teeth, getting people to show up for. And they think, oh, this is going to be another 60 minutes of my day and I'm going to sit here and I'm going to text or I'm going to send email or whatever. We're done in 15 minutes. And everybody's like, oh, I was really worried about this and this and this. Okay, great. Now I can check off a bunch of stuff that I was sitting alone in my, uh, you know, spare bedroom in my house uh, telling my dog how nervous I was about all of this stuff that was going to come crashing down around my head. And all it took was sitting in a room with three other people for 20 minutes. And now everything's fine. And now I'm going to worry about all the other stuff that I haven't been in person talking to people about. And whether it's sketching something out on a whiteboard or just having that in-person human interaction with people like that, missing that piece does so much to damage. I think the general creative process, Mm -hmm. whether you're coding, whether you're, doing creative writing, whether you're a screenwriter. Yeah. Um, even if you and a writing partner work great remotely, sending a script back and forth, mm-hmm. you know, this can be a programmer, a screenwriter, whatever. Uh, it really makes a huge difference. Even if it's once every couple months, mm-hmm. you get together for coffee, you uh, find yourself in the same town. I see comic book artists do this, uh, you know, like. Right. Uh, Cause talk about, talk about being able to work independently, especially yeah. with the digital stuff. You've got uh, a comic book artist who's going to sketch the, the original art and then it's going to be sent to a colorist and it's going to be sent to the person who's doing the, the, the inking. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a completely separate world. Now. And, and people with very different styles. Yeah. And, and this is something that even if you're not a huge comic book nerd, please, you know, don't, don't. Just shut off. Like I know Jim Dalrymple and Marco. Yeah, they want both told me they're like, oh god, comic books, great. I'm yeah. done. I'm yeah. checking out. They're done. But the 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 thing about the the the, the comic book creation process is you've got a writer, you've got an artist. Uh, a lot of times you'll have an inker who goes uh, and and does a layer of finishing work on the bare artwork. Then you have a colorist who adds in color and shading. And if you want to compare it to to filmmaking, you've got three different people sharing the job of what in a movie would be the cinematographer that's 
crafting the look and mood and feel right. of the way that art looks that is on top of what the writer is initially trying to do with the script. And those four people might be not just in different cities, but in different countries. Right. Two or three of them might speak different languages. Right. And it would be so much easier if they could just point at something if they're all together in one room and say, yeah. change that one thing. But and here's that, the thing. I mean, like, you can do that, right? Like, it's, I think we're just talking about how there's a healthy way to do this and a not healthy way to do this. And yeah. we've all experienced the, I agree. I agree. I, I, I totally agree. happy way of doing yeah. it. But I think you can do it in, in, in another way. And here's, here's, like, a larger question for me is, are the people you want to interact with, that social interaction we're talking about, is that supposed to be the people you work with? Or can that be, you know, friends and family and, and, and yeah. your dog? That's a good point. Right? It's just other human beings, right? That's right. a great point. Yeah. Is, that, is, is that, but there's this tendency now. If you think of the the typical developer designer, um, there's this tendency to be doing it on your own and doing it in your own house or your own space and not getting out. And then, and I'll tell you, um, you know, I re- I just remember so often sitting there and being like somebody saying, "Oh, let you know, let's go grab lunch." Uh, you know, let's go grab lunch today. And that whole concept of well, you know, I haven't showered and like, then I'd have to go get ready to go. And then I have to drive out like there and, and, and then, then it's like two hours and, and it's like 10 30, 11 o'clock already. And you're like, well, I guess I can't really meet them for lunch. You know, it's very different from that process of waking up and getting yourself ready, getting yourself ready for the day. Uh, Virginia in the chat room says, um, she says, I was so blase about the whole get dressed up thing at first, but I've come around. It really does help me a ton. And you know, it, uh, there's that whole mindset of, you know what? I'm not saying it's bad to work from your house. I'm not saying it's bad to work from home. I'm saying, yeah, do that. Work in the way that's effective, but don't forget that there's that social aspect. Listen, I got to do a sponsor and we're going to take a couple calls. Our sponsor today is HostGator.com, premier web hosting uh, provider. Howdy, we just were on the phone with these guys earlier. Yeah, we were. They're working on some big things for. Big Cy- things. I didn't realize that Cyber Monday and Black Friday was a big That's deal a good for thing, yeah. for for them, but they're going to have some really good deals going on. Yeah, over there. so pay attention. Later, really great stuff. Later in the week, you're looking to start a website, Hostgator. They can help you get started with monthly hosting plans, one click installs. They installs. They got tons of features that make getting a site of any kind up and running so easy to do. Now, if you're a more advanced user like Schloke. You don't need one-click installs, okay? But the rest of us, we want one-click installs. What is that? That means you want to get the latest, greatest version of something like WordPress up and running instantaneously. You don't want to worry about security. You don't want to worry about patches. You don't want to worry about all that nonsense. They have a one-click install, not just for WordPress, for all of the major applications and stuff that you're going to want. They've figured out how to do it. They're going to be able to support you and support what you're doing. doesn't matter if you want to use one of their shared plans. Fine. VPS, that's what I go for. Dedicated servers, they got that for Marco. And they even have reseller plans. And here's what's really cool is when you go and you set this up, like the VPS thing, when you go and you set this up, they have these little sliders. You can say, well, this is how much RAM I want. This is how much. And you don't have to worry about disk space or bandwidth. It's unlimited. Not bad. Not bad, honey. Not bad. Hostgator.com. Coupon code Dan sent me 11 it's the 11th month. Dan sent me 11. You're going to get 30% off everything at HostGator. See a link on the HostGator site for something that they sell. Click that link. Buy it. Dan sent me 11. 30% off. Doesn't matter what it is. Do they sell t-shirts? Koozies? They do give t-shirts and we have a whole bunch of their t-shirts. Yeah, what? Yeah. But we're not sharing them. So anyway, go to HostGator.com. <laughs> Dan sent me 11. 30% off. Listen, one of the things they said is they said, listen, we've been doing great 
on five by five, we've seen things really good, but things are kind of calming down a little. So listen, don't do that to me, guys. If you're thinking about getting hosting somewhere, go check out hostgator.com. 99%, 99.9% uptime, VPS, shared hosting, you name it, hostgator.com. Dan, I don't mean to barge in, yeah, but holiday, downtime, yeah. I mean, that's, that's not the worst time to maybe not necessarily quit all the way, mm. but dip your toe in Start something. starting something. Start something. All right, let's take a call from Anonymous. I'm worried this is a Google <laughs> Voice uh, number. Anonymous. Oh, man. How are you? Hello. I'm doing pretty good yourself. Oh, I'm doing good. I was worried we might have lost you. Who's this and where are you calling from? Uh, this is actually John. I'm a return caller. Oh, good. I, I like to back. Uh, yeah, I called in May uh, when I had first quit. Well, what's what's been going on? May, June, July, August, September. It's been a while. <laughs> October, November. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, things have been good. Uh, it's uh, yeah. But, well, you told me to call in. I, uh, to let you know who I am, I'm the uh, Apple Month guy. I don't know if uh, you remember that. Yeah. Here, yeah. here Hattie type, so typing fiercely, typing trying fiercely. to remind, where she says, "Is is this the angry one? Were you the angry one?" Nope. Nope. Okay. But uh, that's a that the right time. Okay. <laughs> I think you might have been uh, the guy after me. All right. So, what's your story? What's going on? You quit. What was your job before? What, did we lose him already? He hung up once. <laughs> oh, he's back. You, am, I, uh, am I not coming through? Yeah, you're coming through now. What was your job before? Uh, doing web development. Okay. I think I remember you. All right, so what did you... You quit and you started your own thing, right? We're going to lose... Oh. He's sounding worse and worse. I'm not going to hang up on him. I'm just going to mute him. I'm just going to mute him. It's all right. He's going on mute. Going on mute. Hopefully he'll fig- he'll fix it and he'll come back. Meanwhile, area code 213. What's that? Long, Long Beach, California. Long Beach, California. That's where they got them cement pumps. Almost. It's, uh, it's central, but I live in Indiana. Okay. All right. Well, what's your name? Where are you calling from? What's going on with you? Uh, I'm Ryan. Hi, Ryan. I called in before uh, a few months ago. Okay. I had uh, I had had a feminism blog. Oh, yes, I Ryan. Quit. I remember you. Oh, he wrote the, uh, He yeah. wrote the thing about the objectification of Hattie Cook. Is that <laughs> is that you? That is me. All right. All right. Well, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you guys? Uh, doing well. Doing well. What What do you have to report? Yeah, it seems like. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, just to really quickly catch you up on that. These people, I'll tell you what. These people. These people. That, you know, having it, don't look at me like that. Uh, you should have Go- them in person. Go- I know <laughs> I would have them in person. <laughs> they, they should show up in person. I want to hear more up. about this Fly dude. Fly down to Austin. Uh, because it's, yeah, see, it lost the thing. What's it, 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 what Google should be doing with these barges they you know, have is that is, is making Google voice work. Is that Skype one, Dan? No, it's Skype two. It's weird. I don't know what it is. Could be us. Could be the internet. You never know. Welcome to the five by five call network. Right. 
You are now on the air. So I don't even see it on here. All right. We're, it's called, now it says restricted. Who? Is that us? We're now on the air. All right. All right. We got you back. Are you there? Yeah, I'm back. Skype, I swear, I swear I've had it up to here with Skype. This is the worst. We got to have something up. Skype's quality I, has gone to crap. It's gone to crap. I met a I met a Skype dude at uh, at CES one year who said he owed me a favor because I I I helped get him into. Well, tell them thing. to go fix their uh, their thing. You know what? And it's fun. It's not. I'm not. Listen, I would pay quite a bit of money to have something reliable work like this on a regular basis. But here's the thing: Skype. Why do we use Skype? Skype has the best dynamic range out of any. Uh, voice over IP type system that's out there. Their compression is unparalleled on okay. dynamic range. Okay, you're going to get the most... Don't make fun of me. I'm not. You're no, I'm have, agreeing you, with you. You're going to have the best quality of voice <laughs> anywhere. Okay, number one. That's why we use Skype. But the reliability has gone down the tubes. It's piss poor. And you know what they're all about now, caller? They're all about video. Xbox Live. Yeah, they're all about video now and supporting video. I, I don't care about video. Give me a decent audio quality. And you know what has the best audio quality way better than Skype now? FaceTime audio. Thank you, Moises. My gosh, it's like the person sitting, they, they shrunk down and they're just sitting in your ear and they're talking to you. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. But what the Apple pro- can use that if they want. They, that could be their thing. But here's the problem with this. And this is incredibly frustrating. Is there is no Mac OS X version of FaceTime audio. You have to use their video. Oh, it's, you know, video, Google Hangouts, everyone. I don't care about it. Listen. And don't put it in a browser either. I don't care. Yeah. Thanks, the, Google Hangouts. How, that, your your Mac version of Google is, Hangouts is a it, browser yeah, it, extension? How long, how long did it take Apple to put iBooks on Mac OS? I don't know how long. No. A long time. All I'm saying is if they can do video, you should be able to do audio. And we're stuck with this crap Skype salute. Listen. If anybody from Microsoft or Skype is listening out there, replay this whole section. For the highest the thing person. That you do, and this is good advice for people who want to do a business, too. Figure out that one thing that you're supposed to do best and do that really, really well. And then when you move on to the next thing and start expanding the things that you do, do that thing really, really, really well. Okay? But don't forget about the first thing. That's your tent pole, Moises. Yeah. Okay. Because this is this is crap, and I'm tired of this piss poor excuse for the Skype. I will pay you money. Take my money, please. Take all of our money in podcasting. We will give it to you. Just give us something decent that doesn't crap out constantly, constantly now. Okay. Go ahead, caller. <laughs> That was a good rant. Okay, go ahead. What? 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 So you you made this thing the objectification of Hattie Cook. Then as soon as you had this website going, uh, you 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 I, you shut it down. As soon as it was starting to get yeah. big, you shut it I down. Mean, look at this picture. Look, I don't have any. I'm totally buzzed hair in this picture. And look, and I am gl- I'm glutened up. You're gluten inflamed. Yeah, I know. Now you you probably lost 70, 80 pounds since then. <laughs> I'll put this into the show notes. Not quite that much. Show notes are going to be at 5x5.tv slash quit slash 44 if you want to see this uh, thing that we're talking about. And uh, you were an author of this website. Website was just picking up. Tra- Look how big my shirt is on me there. 
I have no I shoulders. want you to take this uh, picture down. Let's replace it with a new one. Replace it with a new one. <laughs> I'd rather talk about how I was I was described as, despite being a young, conventionally attractive man. Yeah. <laughs> but All right. We, so we for people who later. don't, yeah, people who don't know what happened, uh, we were we were selling some coffee mugs, okay, and we uh, we were following the R. Stevens uh, Diesel Sweeties model of shipping, Throw which is some mugs. you or you Diesel Sweeties was. What has happened to this mugs? show? This was know, a serious man. show ten minutes and now ago. It's not. <laughs> and we were boxing up mugs, and uh, Schloke and Hattie and I were there. It was on a weekend, and we had tables set up, and we were boxing mugs. And I th- and these the, the two of them came up with this amazing assembly line process. Like Schloke would he would get the box built and slap tape on it, and get the box folded. Hattie would put the thing in the box and tape it up, and then uh, then they'd stack them up over in a thing, and then boom, slam them in the envelope, ship them out. It was awesome. And Best I team said, ever. I said, okay, you know what? I'm taking a picture of this in action. So I took a picture of this, and I post this picture and uh and and the you know first comment on it on twitter is blonde girl is hot <laughs> so uh n- no comments about schloke being hot i'm saying both the both of them were hot but no one's commenting about schloke the picture speaks for itself i mean it, it's a good picture of two attractive people that's right it, it really is it's basic, the kind of picture that inspi- models. it inspires the the interjection <laughs> yeah right so the the guy who tweeted it, it did apologize. He came around, whatever. But there's this long uh, article about this in general, and that's the this guy who, uh, who who who's calling right now. And you had this site, and so what's going on? Caller. Uh oh! Just says connection lost. I swear to. Oh my god! I'm getting very upset now. I'm very upset <laughs> now. Now he's getting upset. He wasn't I upset before. To, no. Now he is. <laughs> now, now I mean, you know what? Upset? I'm not editing any of this out. Earlier, no, I want every single person who's still listening to this show, all five <laughs> of you, listening. all five of you who are still here, to feel the pain. He's only just now upset, and ten minutes ago, feel he turned pain. green and his shirt shredded off of yeah. him. Welcome to the Five I by Five Network. Five. I, I'm, I'm going to grab my glass of water because I'm You're that now steamed. on the air. All right, Just caller, are you still here? It. Are you still here, caller? I am still here. All right, tell here. us, be, before the next time that we lose you, just tell me what's going on, and, <laughs> and then if I lose you again, it's, what's going on with you? Okay, so uh, I did quit the blog. I started, I, I actually revamped the site as a uh, it's an author site. I'm writing a new series of short stories and then a novel to come. Uh, so you guys can check that out there at hertruename.com. Uh, Dan posted the, the objectification of Hattie Cook. That will actually redirect. But Dan, I had to call in and just, you know, really politely disagree that uh, everyone just needs human interaction and, you, you know, you you can't just work from home all the time and never go out. Cause I, I've totally done that for weeks at a time. I never felt bad about it at all. Do you, did you have a, were you there with your family or were you alone in your house? Uh, my wife would be there sometimes. She would be working on her own stuff. What's this? And Schloke's rolling his eyes. Why? Well, you have a wife. That's amazing. I mean, you're intrinsically living with someone like it's different. I would say. All right, well, just okay. Say. So fair enough. But to to expound upon that, if you do need some social interaction every now and then, and I, like I agree that people generally do, like you don't have to get it at work. And I like I work a job where I do have to go in and see people. I work in IT, so I have to go in and fix people's computers and 
take care of their problems. Um, so some jobs require that, but I feel like you're kind of glossing over a big part of 37 Signal's point, which is that um, regardless of the social part of the job, sometimes you just can't, like, you're not going to find the best people if you limit yourself to local only, or if you're a that's job true. teacher, if you're yeah. not going to find the best work. Okay, that's true. And and as in a place like Austin, uh, I'm lucky to live here because there are tons and tons of great people. And if I was starting a software company today, I, I would I would be uh, absolutely considering Austin just the way I would be considering San Francisco, you know, as as a place to go and start that company. An amazing talent here. You're saying that's not the case. And if the if you know, I know you're calling. Uh, where, where you said where do you live now? Indiana. Okay, Indiana. I'm. I don't know much about Indiana's tech scene, but I. I don't know if you would have the same kind of access to talented designers and developers. But you might have a really, really great idea, and you want to. You want to build that. You want to build a website. You want to build services. Maybe even a product. You're not necessarily in the right location for that. I'm, I'm. I'm. Maybe you are. I'm just saying hypothetically. Maybe you're not in the best location for that, based on uh, what people are available there. And if you were to go and find a rock star developer that you want to work with you and you were to say to, uh, to them, Hey, you need to move out here. They might be like, uh, no, I'm not moving there. I want to live here in, you know, Philadelphia or New York or wherever they might live Guam. Okay. But, and, and so I think that's the point is that there are, there is a, an ecosystem now and there are tools now that would make that possible. Are you saying that would be your first choice? Would you rather be alone in your house, in your room, occasionally seeing your wife and have them be alone in their place? Or would you rather be in a place that's vibrant and alive with humans and uh, creativity and a buzz that doesn't restrict the way that you work, that lets people work independently and on their own, but where you can still see those people as often as you want to see them? You're saying you well, pick A over B? I to, I, yeah, if I had to collaborate, you know, if I had to collaborate with somebody, I would rather do it face to face because that's the kind of person I am. But I, I also acknowledge that not everyone is like me. Some people prefer the phone. Some people prefer to just never talk at all and only use email. I, you know, it depends who you are. But I have at times not had a job and just stayed at home writing for long periods of time, and that was also fine. Sort of like going into the woods, like a Thoreau style, Walden, that type of thing. Pulling a Hemingway, yeah, getting a bunch of six toed cats. Yeah, I don't have to get any interaction from work either. Like if I need. You, well, that's, you know, that's what Schloke was saying is it doesn't, ha- it doesn't have yeah. to be the people work, but human beings need to get out there. You need to. I can't tell you how many times I would be struggling with something. Uh, you know, whether it was writing code or how to solve a problem or what thing to work on next and how talking to somebody, even if it was about, you know, a movie that we saw, you know, separately or together, whatever, just just that change of pace of talking to somebody, talking to another human being. I just think that that's, you know, and I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that they don't address this in the book, but I just think there's this message out there of. You know, that that it concerns me. It actually it really does concern me because I like working with people. I would much rather be in a room with other people talking to them and working with them, uh, not in, not in that awful corporate stooge way, but in in an environment that's creative and in, in a place that's conducive to working the hours. And I remember my first job out of college. 
um, the company had what they called core hours and the core hours, I think were like 11 to two or 10 to two or something like that. And it was like, you could work as long as you worked and got your work done in a day. Uh, it didn't, it didn't matter when you got in and when you left, as long as you were there overlapping those core hours. And we're talking about people who were software developers, writers, business people, people in sales. You had to have that overlap of, um, 10 to two. So you could get in at 10 a.m. And you could leave it too, or you could get in at seven uh, and and leave it too, or, you know, whatever. I, I think they kind of wanted you to do like seven or eight hour stint of work, but they didn't, they didn't care so much whether, as long as you overlapped so that anytime they needed to make a meeting or have an in-person thing or sketch something on a whiteboard or do an all hands meeting or have a big company lunch or whatever. And this is not a big company. As long as, as long as you were there during those overlapping times. So, you know what? They might set a lunch for noon or they might set a big meeting at 11 or they might have a brainstorming session at one. Fine. But the the goal was you're going to be there during those overlapping times and when and how you work outside of that. No big deal. I could even see companies and this was a while ago. I could see companies now saying, you know what? We have these core hours of 10 to 2, but it's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know, or it's whatever, as long as you're here those three days during those times. And you know what? People came in outside of those hours and they were there because they liked the people that they worked with and they wanted to have the best people. And yeah, caller, I understand you're saying you may not live in a place. And yes, we have the tools and modern tools to build some amazing company and have some cool stuff happen. But I just feel like you're going to get and and Shlok, I wonder if you see this in, in focusing on the VC stuff. How important is it if if you're trying to do a startup? Right. You're trying to be the next Snapchat so that you can turn down a three billion dollar offer. Right. How important is it for you from the invest? Because a lot of people will want to take investment or angel, whatever. If I'm an investor, am I going to be worried about investing in a company where people are all separate or does that mean I'm too old fashioned? You know what I'm saying? Like, do I would it is is it is a company more interesting to me if, oh, both co-founders and a team of five people are sitting together in in an office. Is that more interesting to me as an investor, potential investor? Yeah, I mean, the de, the de facto rule is, like, if you're doing an accelerator, an incubator, that kind of thing, everybody has to come live in that place uh, for that set amount of time. So we give you the money, you have to show up, and you have to bring everyone you know. Um that said, though, I mean, I think there's a point in diminishing returns. Like, it does make sense there. Everybody's cross-pollinating, different teams, different companies. They're all helping each other, blah, blah, blah. But once, you, once you're off doing something, right, once you define something, I mean, the act of doing doesn't necessarily have to be something that's social at all. I mean, right, like that's – and for somebody who's writing a book, um, it's, and it's it, it does make sense that you can just, like, retreat into your head. But in conceptualizing the book and in gaining the experiences and, and the, the perspectives that you're going to put into a book, I mean, that's an incredibly social experience, which is interesting because most, you, you know, you think of authors as like, you know, off in a corner silently writing stuff, but they do have experiences. They do stuff. So I think it's, I mean, there's a point of like when you're building something from scratch, you do, it does need to be social. That's what we keep talking about, the whiteboards. And we're not talking about, you know, calendars and meetings and Gantt charts. We're talking about you know, the, the the figuring something out is a social experience. Once you do that, though, I really do think you can just go off and, you know, do it well, silently. That, there's a there's an example that I that you just made me think of, Shlok, that I wanted to throw out that I, I think people could misuse the Pixar example of they design their headquarters so that everybody has to 
is kind of forced to interact because everything, food and restrooms and everything is in the middle of the complex. But the the interesting thing about the way that Pixar has conceptualized their headquarters is that everybody has their little cave and yeah. they will descend into that cave sometime for days at a time. And they will, you know, have people drop in uh, as needed, but not just for the sake of it being a scheduled. Well, this is the way that things are programmed and this is the way that things are done. Uh, but they come by as needed and everybody stays productive because you just get on the train and you keep going. And I, the, the way that, you know, the caller, the way that, that, uh, I think the conversations uh, evolved around this 37 signals book, it feels to me like what the people who are really digging on it. Cause I haven't read it. Shalok hasn't read it. We're both terribly, terribly unprepared for today. Um, I'll get you guys both a copy. Oh, look at you. Thank Dan you. Benjamin, kind man. The the thing that I think people like about it is uh is the untethered nature of what it's promoting is there is no set template for this is how you do business, this is how you work, uh this is how you stay productive. And there are about a thousand different interpretations for well, how is the best way to work remote or what percentage of working remote or what, you know, what, what recipe for all of this is going to result in the best cake, uh, so to speak. Um, and, uh, you know, there, there, I think there's, I think there's a lot to look at in the Pixar model, which, uh, you know, it, it's, it's something that people come back to as a great example for how they encourage the cross pollination collaborative uh, kind of stuff. And also, you know, when you really just need to, hide in your cave for days at a time working on reanimating sequence or designing a character or rendering something, you know, you can, and then you eventually surface and you come back to humanity and you talk to some human beings, but at the very least each morning, you know, people get in at 6am and you know, they're, they're, you know, ladling their oatmeal into their bowls uh, or they, <clears throat> they, they need a, a break at the same time and find themselves at the lunch bar. Um, it, you know, the, the, I think the, the idea of, of, of changing the notion of what is and isn't okay in terms of how you work remote, how you, uh, how you untether yourself from having to have your desk oriented a certain way with your back facing the doorway so that somebody can come by and, and have their eyes on you at any given, uh, time of the day, mm -hmm. like breaking away from that is the thing that for me universally is a good thing. Absolutely is a good thing. Like we need to break from a lot of these things yeah. that just got kind of got accepted as, well, this is how things are done because they've always been done like this and it's worked in the past with, with this assumption that, that it's just going to, uh, you know, magically keep working without being improved upon. You know, I think you make some good points in, in, in your comment about breaking away from it. I really do think that, Anytime we get a book like this that's challenging these ideas, that's challenging them in a way that says, you know what, we we can do this differently. Uh, we we should take a look at it. Maybe it's more extreme than some companies want to go, but at least it starts that discussion, right? At least it gets people thinking, can we set up an environment for our employees where, guess what? I'm going on maternity leave. That doesn't mean I'm going to lose my job, you know, or I 
I'm going to work on this. I need to research this new technology in order to build this new thing that we want to build. And you know what? I'm going to do that thing from home for the next two weeks. And that's how I'm going to work. And then when I come back, I'm going to come back and do this thing. Or we're going to set things up in a way that we do have some remote employees. And you know what? Other people want to try telecommuting. So we're open to that. And we're going to, we're going to change this, uh, this rule that we have that says everybody needs to be here. If this gets people talking about that and being more flexible for employees all around and giving them the opportunity to, uh, to, to try these different things in a company and see if they work. I think all of that is, is really, really good. But it, I just don't think that there should be some rule, just like there shouldn't be a rule that says you need to be here. If I can't see you, you're not working. There shouldn't be a rule that says remote's going to work for everybody in every situation. Disregard humanity. Right. Be a productivity bot. So there's one last thing, Shlok, that I want you to comment on. Maybe you can explain this to me. It's a little bit off topic. Oh, by the way, caller, are you done? Do you feel do you feel happy about what you've what you've said so far? Yeah, thanks, Dan. It's great. Are you sure? Great are you sure? What are you working on now? You just have more stuff you want to uh, tell us about, really quick. Um, I'm writing this series of short stories and then a forthcoming novel about an unnamed uh, female character. Uh, she's unnamed by design. I'm not just hiding the name. Okay. Um, so you can go to her true name dot com. Mm-hmm. Find out more about that. Mm-hmm. All right. Her true name. Okay. Well, that'll be in the show notes because that's where the uh, that article that we you wrote before links to. So that's there. Hopefully, you'll get some good yep. traction. Good luck to you. Call us back in. Let us know how your book goes. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. All right. Thanks for the call. I think the uh, original anonymous uh, person. You remember that that person that, that got dropped before? Oh yeah, John. The angry one. There's one that or says he was not, not angry. the angry one. All right, we'll take him really quick. Hello. Hey, is this still is you? This, or is uh, better? Yeah. Yep, it's still me. All right, so fi- let's finish up with yeah. you. Sure. So, uh, yeah, kind of the the summary is it's uh, been been a while now. Things are going really well. Uh, I kind of regret not uh, doing it sooner, but uh, you know it is what it is. Um. And, uh, yeah, it's been stressful at times and it's been up and down, but overall, uh, I'm going to be probably coming in close to, to three times as much income as I did last year. Whoa, wait a minute. Three, um, three times the income? Three times. I mean, that's pretty good. You can send 33% yeah, of the proceeds. Well, like, to five that's five right. What's my cut of that? No, but that, I mean, <laughs> this is something that I hear a lot of the time is that people, when they make the kind of change that you made. When they leave something that they're doing, they, yeah. they go out there on their own. It's going to be success or failure. And we'll see in the long run whether this is something that works for you for the next, you know, six months, six years. Who knows? But typically, that's the kind mm-hmm. of thing that I hear is that people are either like, wow, I tried this on my own and I'm really scared because we're going to lose our house. Or they're like, I'm, I'm making three. Now, let me ask you a question. Are you working more or less than you were working prior to the change? Um, my work time is, uh, significantly less. Um, but I am also kind of, what's actually my, my actual money time actually gets me profit. Um, uh, I'm working significantly less. I'm doing a little bit of my own pet projects more uh, and actually getting them going somewhere. And those are actually new products, which will hopefully make it even, uh, be something that scales better. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm having a ton more time with my wife and kid. See, so you're a success story. You're somebody who left and you're, you're working and it's different. You know, 
one of the things that Anthony, uh, this, the, my, my sweet mate here, said is that they're working a lot less. They work less, and their goal is to work less. When I started my own company, my goal was not necessarily to work less or not work as hard. It was more work on things that I'd like to work on because I like it. I like what mm-hmm. I'm doing. And listen, Donald Trump, you know, people hate him. And I'm, I'm not going to comment about his politics or any of that stuff, but there was something that, that he said in his first book uh, that, that kind of stuck with me. And that is, he was saying that he works a lot and people often say to him, how come you work so much? Why are you working so much? Why are you always working? And his response to that was, or his comment about that in his book was, it's not work to me because I like it. I'm doing something that I really, really like. And the fact is that yeah. happens to be something that makes money and is called business and work by other people. But for, you know, for, for somebody who's doing something that they enjoy, they're doing something that they like doing, that they find rewarding and challenging, and they can make money doing that. Uh, I think the natural inclination is to, to, to work more. I know, and it's not that I, I, I disrespect people who, uh, who start their own business and work less or whose goal it is is to work less or to you know the old i want to make money while i sleep kind of thing i i think that's fine uh but you know i think that the story like yours is encouraging to a lot of people because it says i can i can work in a way that makes sense to me i can work on the things that i want to work on and 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 find happiness from doing that and is that what you're saying? Because I think that's, if, if that is, that's encouraging to a lot of folks. Yeah. And kind of the way that I look at it is uh, I'm very, very much in debt to my wife and son. Um, so I, I could, I, I certainly could work more. Um, in fact, if, if I was working more, I'd be still working less than what I was doing before. Um, but, uh, you know, my kid's only going to be, I can always make more money. My kids only going to be, uh, you know, a child in the house, um, not a teenager for so long. So, uh, and, and, and even making three times as much money, I can't even really complain about that. If it was just getting by, that'd be a problem, but it's not. So. Have you, have you considered making, going back, making the same money that you were making before and working a third, you know, two thirds less? Would, oh, that, would no, that still work? Uh, you know, we were barely getting by and it was always super, super tight and we weren't getting anywhere with student loan. Well, we're slowly getting through student loans. Um, so I need to make more money. Uh, if it was making half as much money and working half as many hours that, uh, would, uh, make some sense, but, uh, going back all the way back to what it was, you know, I needed to make more than that. So. Yeah. Well, very good. Well, listen, thanks very much for the call. I hope you continue to have great luck, and uh, and I sure do appreciate it. Thanks. Uh, can I just say one last thing? Sure. Um, and uh, there's some square, scare quotes on this. Uh, the safety and security of my previous job is why I didn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually doing a lot of work. Uh, I'm actually doing a lot work uh, remotely with a uh, client in uh, a place you might have heard of called Austin, Texas. Yeah, I'm a little um, vaguely familiar. You know, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, like it, I didn't have those opportunities before. Mm-hmm. So I just look at the fact of the, the career opportunities I was missing out on and the 
interesting work I could have been doing that I missed out on because mm-hmm. I was in this one job, which really wasn't going anywhere at all, just ever, um, because it is giving me a paycheck today. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, like that's a, that can be a handicap, but uh, that safety and security, uh, whatever that is, it definitely can be a handicap. Um, and if I would have, if I would have switched this doing freelance in a year sooner, a year sooner, um, what would things have looked like? You know, yeah, can't change the past or anything like that. Only, only moving forward. But um, it's hard to say that to people. That's what I, if I could say one thing to people, that's what it would be: is is what is the cost of the safety that you're uh, holding on to? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. What is the cost of, the, of, of what you're holding on to? Thanks so much for the call. Call us back. Let us know how you're doing in a few months. All right. Thanks All right, a lot. Take care. I like that. I like that advice. What do you think? The cost of not making a change. Cost of fear. Interesting. Ooh. All right. So listen, we got to wrap this thing up. Shlok, what's going on? Who, who turns down a, down a $3 billion offer? Snapchat. What are they? Are they, are they nuts? <sighs> All right. So when I use, do they Snapchat, just not understand the the value of that money? Well, here's what here's what I'm. This is this is a very one sentence thing. But like, when I use Snapchat, I feel like a grandfather. Like I have no idea how it works. I don't know what I'm doing. I, like stuff shows the, up on my like, screen. Why it's and so, like, happening? You're, you're or in your mid twenties. I'm twenty. I'm twenty six, okay. and it's like, and it's. I just feel like I have no idea what I'm doing in that app. But. I mean, it seems to be everyone younger than me by even like five years is all over this I feel like thing. It's college kids. Yeah. And it's you know what they're doing. Thing. I'll say this. Yep. The owners of Snapchat maybe are, uh, are seeing a higher value on having photos of the genitals of the future leaders of the world. <laughs> I yeah. just, I wonder what the thought is behind turning down this kind of offer. Well, how long do they think that this is going to go it, on? First for? of all, like you, Snapchat does not make right any Snapchat. money. Right. It does not no. make any money. I, I mean, they think of themselves, I mean, they clearly as a Facebook competitor. So you see, I mean, you can see them building out all the features that make this usable for normal human beings. But like, I just don't see that ever winning. It's no. just going to be like another thing. I just think that, you know, they were like, no, man, this isn't our peak. Like we can get more later, maybe at another time. And it's like, um, no, right now is your peak. That's now is good. <laughs> well, we've been talking about human interaction and Snapchat is this really bizarre mutant, like radioactive offshoot of, of, of distanced interaction with people where there's, there's, there's nothing substantive to it. It's like running past each other really fast. Like that's how humans interact. Hey, yeah. <laughs> Can you hear me on the party line? Or you hey, just drive by in a car and you're like, Hey, <laughs> you know, but that's true. It, and it really, it, it is a puzzle for me. Why? I mean, at some point, uh, you're really going to, uh, you're just, it just, it's, it's, they're not accepting it as what it is and running in with it. They're trying to, no, I mean, some people, some, maybe people are going to say, oh, you know what? You're short sighted, Dan, because these guys, but listen, they talk about cashing out. Ooh, be a hell of a cash out. I just don't. I mean, are, are they holding out for you know that? They're not. I don't think they're holding out. I, and whoever's advising them, maybe they see something that the entire rest of the world doesn't see. <laughs> I wish they would well, share. We're going to turn down Facebook. Maybe Yahoo will buy us for more. I don't think that's it. I mean, this is the offer. This is the offer. You know the what I'm saying? One. This is the offer that you take. 
I don't know. That's that. I do feel like they could sell at four or five billion. What I don't, God, what I don't see happening is like turning it into something. Like right, like this isn't the next Facebook. It's right. not. Is a, that what you're saying? It's not to... Tumblr. Like it's not even. It's not a platform to the extent that Tumblr is a platform. Because there's nothing. This is a feature. Is there any chance? Yeah. Yes. Is there any chance that uh, that Hattie that 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 they're going to get some other offer that they're hoping that. Yahoo will buy them for an extra billion? Maybe Bieber will buy them. Bieber will buy it. I don't know. I just don't know what else. Like, in the scheme of things, what other company would even make sense to be buying this in any way? I mean, Facebook seems like the right. Yeah. Facebook seems like the right company to buy this. Yeah. But, like, it's. Yeah. If they don't accept this, they're waiting to get more and more people. I said Everpix. Oh. MySpace would be the other thing. <laughs> yeah, like if that's I, the quality. Well, that MySpace it's running just on. laid off a ton of people. I don't think they got a lot of money to throw no. around. Well, no. they do now. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, saying in the genre of companies that would even make sense, regardless if they have the money or not, that would be the only other. Twitter. Thing. Like, <laughs> what do, would, they, do they want to build it into Vine? <laughs> <laughs> you only get a flash of a tweet for Snap only about Vine. one second, and then you have to read it really fast and it goes away forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just don't get it. I just don't I don't understand what they're what they're thinking about. Uh it seems crazy to me. You know, if if somebody came and said, Oh, you know what? Um I'll offer you X million for five by five and what you've built, like there's a number there. I don't know what the number is. I've never been offered anything. It's but clearly three billion. It's good. <laughs> but but it, I mean when you get into that kind of money, you have to feel like, first of all, this this is your chance. This is your offer. And being being able to say and have in your legacy, we were acquired by Facebook for $3 billion. That's what you want. So well, here's the thing, toward. though. I think they can say no now, try to go for the gold, and when it fails, they can still sell for $2 billion, right? Like, But see, that's what I'm saying is, is that's what I see happening, too. And boy, wouldn't $2 billion bucks be great? Yeah, but you could have had three. And I feel like I feel like at some point, either either they're dumb or they're really really smart right or or they're greedy it's one of those three things i i have a feeling look guys like prove me prove me wrong and show me that that you're really really smart and in a year or two show me that you're the next facebook or that you get bought for five billion fine but it's those other two things that hang around that well, say maybe you're dumb or maybe you're greedy well you also or maybe you know what maybe it's a fourth thing and i'm just saying screw the man we don't need them we're not being bought by anybody no matter how much money but that to me fits in that first category just being done and you have to kind of think about like the kind of people that they are like they they're not like an up-and-coming app company that's making a bunch of different things and this one thing took off like they happened to make something that was something that was interesting to them Mm -hmm. and like they're i don't see them working on anything else so i don't think that they're we're working towards, you know, a, a great portfolio of work and this is going to be our one thing that's amazing and we're just going to keep this around and we're never going to sell it. Like, I, I, they're I, just I, kind yeah. of, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and I just looked at the numbers. They raised $73 million. Um, I, Yeah, sell. What, what, what the hell yeah, like, are you doing? Yeah, you- <laughs> <laughs> just. Yeah, we should send them. Like they think it's better than it is. The the hypothetical that I've got in there is is that they're holding out for a better offer, and maybe they are in talks with somebody. Like the only the only way that this makes sense to me logically 
is that they would be holding out for an offer that is in the process of negotiation in their mind is guaranteed well no uh, no i'm saying the only way that this makes sense is if there is a bigger offer that they are in the process of negotiating and they and they push the facebook thing out into the press to push up their leverage Um, somehow with another deal that's the only way that this makes sense what is the other deal then with who Mm -hmm. who do you think it is yahoo hulu time warner i don't know i don't (laughs) You know, <laughs> time on a cable. Yeah. Spotify. All right, so let's wrap. Let's wrap this thing up. If you want to, again, I'll go clockwise around the room. Shloki, who are you on Skype or uh, the internet? <laughs> who are you on Skype? Not Skype. People can just Skype you uh, all day. Yeah, who, <laughs> how can we get him on Skype? Twitter, Skype. You see, I'm still angry at Skype right now. No, you are. <laughs> it's just in your Which mind. is a Microsoft company, by yes, the way. Yes, thank you. They're not a sponsor. So, who are you on Twitter? And do you have any websites or projects people should know about? Yeah, so you can find me at shloki.com. S H L O K Y dot com. Uh, I'm doing this monthly like mailing list, which is basically the stuff I read, the screenplays, the books, the whatever. You should sign up. It's free. It's got good stuff to read. Okay, and that's it. And Shloki on Twitter. Yeah, Shloki on Twitter, where I just tweet random. Stuff. Next up, Moises. Where's tell him tell him about your shows here. That you I do. Uh, I do uh, just this morning recorded the the hundred and first episode of the Critical Woo! Path. Wow, with Horace did you? Uh, where we talk about uh, well, we're 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 evolving the description of the show. Actually, we're updating ah. it mm. as of the next show because I did not know that on episode one hundred, it, it, we realized that the show itself has kind of changed uh, in a good way, evolved. Uh, I also host Giant Size, which is about comic books, where we talk about how to get into different storylines, characters, creators, all that kind of good stuff. And I also uh, pepper in uh, creator interviews at the end of the uh, panel discussion each episode. And uh, Screen Time, uh, which is finally making a triumphant return now that my voice is back, mm-hmm. um, where uh, we we look at, uh, in, in broad strokes, storytelling with the moving image, whether we're talking about movies, TV, games. Sometimes we talk about a mix of all three. Sometimes we focus on one in particular, uh, depending on who we have on the panel, what there is to talk about. Um but uh, but yeah, some some exciting stuff for both shows, uh, in particular on Giant Size, and especially crazy interview with Neil Adams. Nice. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Moises Chew and all my writing at ArthouseCowboy.com, uh, where I'm ramping up uh, with some some advanced Blu-ray reviews and that sort of thing as we head into the holidays. And Hattie, when you are not busy, uh, basically keeping uh, keeping this company running behind the scenes, <laughs> uh, where can where can people go to find you? Uh, Hattie Bird on Twitter. H a d d i e Bird. Bird. And then Haddles on Instagram. H a d d l e s. I need to change that. I think. We'll just sync them up. Hadless. Haddles. And then uh, I do a show called The Frequency. We need to get back on we a regular schedule with that. I know. I already, I already made uh, a mental note that cracking down. Look at how the way she's standing, too. Standing. Or sitting with her arms out if like was, this. If I was this tall and I was standing, I'd be very French. I, I told Dan, you got, you guys can, can take an episode of the show where you barely have to do any work other than load up a bunch of TV theme songs. Oh, we'll do that. And and do it game show style. We'd have to have uh, call-ins and, and uh, rewards and prizes and things. I'm trying to Snapchat this. That actually sounds great. You're Snapchatting this All right, so everybody, thanks for tuning in. Again, you can tune in and listen live at 5x5.tv slash live. The schedule is posted on our website at 5x5.tv slash schedule. Schedule. uh, Schedule. And we appreciate the the time that you guys spend listening to the show. Uh, Thanks very much. I am Dan Benjamin on Twitter. And, uh, of course, I do a bunch of shows here. You can check them out by going to 5x5.tv. 
appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. We will be back next week. See you then. See you.